Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Enterprise Architecture Radio. If you're thinking about organizational complexity and agility, if you're concerned about operational efficiencies and thinking of taking it to the next level, if managing innovation is one of your priorities, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we talk about all of that and more. It's a jungle out there, and we'll attempt to navigate this jungle of frameworks, methods, and most importantly, enterprise architecture in practice. I was having a very interesting discussion with my beautiful wife the other day. My wife happens to be into the world of sustainability. She's running a startup working on various initiatives around sustainability, around reducing the carbon footprint of organizations, around reducing the carbon footprint of people um, living in building communities and what have you, and there are various initiatives. But And one of these days, I'm going to call her into this podcast to talk about, well, sustainability and carbon footprint and impact that organizations can make towards a better world, a better tomorrow. But that's a discussion for another episode. The discussion that I was having with her was about greed and about about a better way of living life. And I bring this up in today's episode because I want to talk a little bit about leadership today. Let's imagine for a moment that you wake up tomorrow morning and suddenly there is no money anywhere. And when I say no money, I don't mean that there is no money physically. What I mean is the concept of money disappears. Let's say that it's a world of abundance. Anything that you need, you get free of cost. You need food, healthcare, housing, clothes, luxurious items like expensive cars and motorcycles. Anything that you can think or imagine is just out there available free of cost. There is no charge, no matter what. And I'm not even talking about a barter system, no. I'm talking about there is absolutely no economics. You don't work for money. You don't work for possessions. What kind of a world would that be? I know most of you people are thinking that there would be a complete loss of objective. There would be no purpose of living on. Today we have uh, we have a goal to aspire for. Everybody wants to work for money. Either you are insecure that you will not have enough tomorrow and that's why you're working, or you want to go out on vacations, which requires money, or you want to build a better house that needs money, or you want to do something else that needs money. Of course, there are some people in this world who work completely out of passion, and money literally becomes a a side effect. Now, I know, I have heard many leaders speak about it. They say that work for your passion and let money be the side effect. Money will automatically come. But It's very easy to preach that when you have a ton of money in your bank account and you say, I don't work for money. Money is a side effect. Well, if you don't have money, it's very difficult to get into that state of mind. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Greed happens to be an outcome of an insecurity. The reason why people are greedy is because they think that they will not have sufficient tomorrow circumstances might change today they may they may have enough for the day but there is no guarantee that tomorrow will be the same and that is why we hoard things and that's the root cause of greed let's imagine for the moment 
that we are in a world where everything is absolutely free of cost. Everything that you need, everything that you want, everything that you desire is free of cost. And not just for the day or for the week or for the month, it's free forever. Let's imagine that there is absolutely no economics. What would you do then? What would anybody do all day long? Sure, if it's a new thing, if money has just recently been eliminated, then most of the people are going to be sitting around doing nothing. Some people might go mad because they don't have enough to do, they don't know what to do. But let's for a moment imagine that people have settled down. People have understood the concept of money, or probably they have never known any concept of money. They have always lived a life where everything is free forever. Now imagine, what would you do? The only thing that remains is what you're most passionate about. You would do what you really want to do, what, you would really, what you're really good at. Now, let me introduce a new concept into this mix. Let's say that there is still greed. It's just that the greed that is there is not really for money or economics or luxury or things or anything. The greed is for social contribution. The greed is for self-actualization. The greed is to be known as the best of the best in a certain field. Let's say the best scientist or the best philosopher or your contribution to society as the best, I don't know, manufacturer of luxury cars or the best manufacturer of motorcycles or anything. Let's say that you still have greed, but you have greed for finer things in life. And we are talking about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I don't know if you know about this. If you've studied commerce or if you've studied uh, any kind of business management, then Maslow's hierarchy of needs is something that you must have encountered. If you have not, then let me briefly explain it to you. This is a theory that was proposed by the American psychologist Abraham Maslow. Now, if you search for Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you'll see a pyramid. Now, this pyramid is shown in different ways in different websites. There are layers in this and different websites show different number of layers. But if you classify all these layers, there are basically three layers in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The lowest section of the pyramid is called physical needs or physiological needs. These are basic needs, needs of survival, you know, food, water, shelter, safety of your life. All of these fall within the basic needs or physiological needs of a human being. The second layer above the base of the pyramid is psychological needs. Now, psychological needs contains within it uh, belongingness and love and, you know, being a part of a community or sometimes esteem and prestige and pride and all of this. And then finally, on the top, you have the self-actualization needs. And these, and these needs are hierarchical. What that means is, until your safety and physiological needs are met, you're not going to be focusing on any other needs. Survival is at stake. Everything is less important. Once your basic needs are met, you go to the next level, which is your psychological needs, which contains love, belongingness, uh, being a part of the community, 
self-esteem, pride, prestige, etc. These are psychological needs. And until your psychological needs are met, you're not going to think about anything else. And then finally, you have on the top of the pyramid, self-actualization needs, which are essentially self-fulfillment. Am I happy? Am I achieving the full potential of my life? Am I doing the best that I can do? All of those things. Now, when we think about a world where there is no commerce, there's no economics, there's no money, and everything is free of cost, what we're trying to really say is that your physiological needs, your safety needs are all met. Only thing that really remains is your psychological needs and your self-actualization needs. Now, that's a world that really is utopia. What I mean to say is when your physiological and basic needs are met, when your safety and security needs are met, when you're sure that survival in any way is not at stake or is not going to be at stake anytime in the future, what is left is the best work that you can ever do in your life. You will only focus on things that you're really passionate about. You really focus on things that are important to you, that make you happy, that 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 increases your your contribution to society. Because what you're really trying to do is meet your psychological needs, which is belongingness, uh, building relationships, and of course, prestige and pride and and leaving a legacy after you die that this is a man who created the most beautiful car in the world or the most beautiful motorcycle in the world or contributed in a significant way to philosophy, art, music, uh, science, whatever is your field of interest. Now, one of the most important jobs of a leader within any organization is to create this. I don't mean to say that you have to uh, make sure that everybody has everything free of cost. That's not what I'm trying to say. But psychologically speaking, people should feel safe and secure. People should feel that when they are at work, they're not working for money, but they're working for a higher cause. They're working for meeting their psychological needs. They're, they're working to achieve their self-actualization needs. When people focus on what they're really good at and what they enjoy doing, instead of worrying about their job or worrying about uh, their physical needs or what's going to happen if they lose their job, the work that they do is the best work that they can do. I'm going to quote the Bhagavad Gita here. The Bhagavad Gita says, What that means is, do the best work that you can and stop worrying about the results. Now, this might sound very difficult. How can someone focus on their work if they are not really interested in the result. But it's very much possible. Think about it. When you're playing the guitar, or when you're uh, singing, or when you're painting a picture, when you're doing what you want to do, when you're, when I am riding a motorcycle, I love riding motorcycles, and I've done many motorcycle trips across, uh, across the northeast of India. I've gone to Arunachal Pradesh, Manipur, Nagaland, Assam, Sikkim, what have you. And, and when I'm riding the motorcycle, Am I really focusing on trying to get a result out of it? Am I trying to ride the motorcycle so that I can, you know, do something bigger or what have you? Really not. I enjoy riding the motorcycle so much that the ride itself becomes the result. The ride itself gives me so much pleasure and so much um, satisfaction that I don't really need an ultimate goal. When you're listening to music or when you're creating music, you're not really trying to get somewhere or do something, the, 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 
process of creating music or listening to music or creating art or whatever it is that you're passionate about is so much fun that that itself becomes the result. And that's what Bhagavad Gita means. Do what you do the best that you can and everything else will automatically fall in place. And it's the one job that the leaders have to create a world within the organization where people feel, and it might not be a physical reality, but at least people feel that they are safe, that their physiological needs are met, their safety needs are met, and that if something does go wrong, they have their leaders to protect them. So if you are a leader in an organization, if you're a a team lead, first level manager, or you are a C-level executive, no matter how technical your job is, no matter how much you need to focus on strategy, remember, it's your people who really get you there, who really help you meet the business objectives. I was listening to Simon Sinek and he always says that the C-level executives always say that the customers are our most important priority. But when was the last time that a C-level executive went and actually met a customer? They don't really do that. It's their people who help them achieve their objective of satisfying their customers. And if you're not focusing on your people, if you're not creating a world for them where their physiological needs and, your, and their safety needs are met sufficiently, you will not be able to achieve your business objectives. That's all I have for you today, folks. I hope you enjoyed the show. More about organizational agility, innovation, and enterprise architecture in the practical world, in the business, right here on the show. But before I end the show, I want you to help me out with this one little thing. Pause the show and share this podcast via WhatsApp or text message with at least one person who might be interested in the show. It could be anyone, your colleague, your boss, someone in your team. That's all I ask. Just one share with one message via text or WhatsApp or any social media of your choice. And it would go a long way in supporting this podcast and growing this listener base. Also, please don't forget to follow the podcast. That way, you'll get notified when we publish a new episode. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at enterprisearchitectureradio.com. If you have ideas, thoughts, disagreements, please feel free to write to me directly. Uh, we also have a Telegram group if you would like to contribute to the EA discussions or what have you. Just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio on Telegram. Or the URL to join the group is https colon slash slash t.me slash enterprise architecture radio. While our contact details are there in the show notes, we are very easy to find. Just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio anywhere. Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, even Discord. Once again, I hope you had fun and I'll see you in the next one. 